0: I want to talk about being lost and being found by God. Being lost and being found by God. To be lost, and you, maybe you've heard that term, um, I was lost or um, you know, I was unsaved. That, here's what it means. It means separated from a personal relationship with God. God may be in the vicinity, God may be around you, but you don't have a personal relationship with him through accepting his forgiveness and following him. That's what it means to be lost. Found then, is to accept a personal relationship with God through Christ, and then commit to following Him, doing what He tells us to do. So, I'm going to talk for just a few minutes about what that means. In Luke chapter 15, we find Jesus telling three parables, back to back to back. And in in the Bible, if you see something uh, three times, it's the emphasis that this is, like neon light's important. And so, in Luke chapter 15, He is... He is helping us understand what it means to be lost and what it means to be found with three different parables. Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 20. Now, the tax collectors and sinners who were the dregs of society, looked down on by everybody, especially the religious leaders, but by common folks as well, were all drawing near to him, Jesus. And the Pharisees, the religious people, and the scribes, more religious people, grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. As if that's terrible. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that is lost. Just so I tell you, there, is more rejo- there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And Jesus was using that phrase kind of as a jab at the religious leaders, not because they didn't need to repent, but because they thought they were good and didn't need to repent. They needed to, but they were too proud. That's parable number one, the lost sheep that the shepherd goes after, leaving the 99 because that one's so important. Second parable, verse 8, and what woman having 10 silver coins, very valuable to a a common person, an everyday person, if she she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Parable number two, a woman, uh, an ordinary person who can't afford to lose a coin like that. Sweeps and sweeps until she finds it because it's of such value. And she says, and Jesus says, that's the way God is. Parable number three, you're probably much more familiar with. Verse 11 and he said to them, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Recognize this? The prodigal son. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs, which would have been a horrible, terrible, awful job for a, a Jewish boy. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, when he realized where he was and what he had done, that he, he was separated from his father when he realized, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And we'll read the rest of that later. Three parables. So fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. Number one, being found is God's desire for all people. Being found is God's desire for every person he's created, every person that's ever lived. Luke chapter 15, go back to the first two verses. The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, the people that the religious people didn't think were worthy. And Jesus was spending time with those. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And I think in Jesus' mind, his heart was saying, well, of course I do, because I came for everyone. And these people know that they need me. I put Luke nineteen ten there. Here's Jesus Who said the Son of Man came? His purpose was to seek and to save the lost. His whole purpose was to come and bring back those into the Father's, into a relationship with the Father, back into the the Father's family. That's his whole point. He said, That's why I came. Number two, we all get lost. Everybody gets lost. Every single person gets lost. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every, every person comes to the place in their life where they recognize um, what's right and wrong, what they should do, and they choose to do their own thing. And when they do their own thing, when they deliberately say, I'm going to do what I want to do, that's sin. But people get lost in different ways. In these three parables, we see some people get lost through negligence. That's the parable of the lost sheep. The, here's a sheep that just wanders off. He's just being negligent. Not paying attention to the following the shepherd. Not paying attention to the shepherd's voice. There's good grass. It looks good over there. I'll follow that. There's, there's water over there. That looks good. There's flowers over there. They tell, I'll just go my own way. And that's what temptation does. Everybody gets lost. Some through negligence. Some are lost through no fault of their own. That's the lost coin. The coin didn't have anything to say about it. And some of you have grown up in places where Nobody ever talked to you about God. Nobody ever talked to you about a real relationship with Jesus. It wasn't even your fault that you didn't know about God. And some of you have, have told me that um, I've always just had a sense that God was there. And I, you know, I, and so when somebody finally explained it to me, I said yes. It wasn't your fault, but you were lost. Doesn't matter whether it's your fault or not, you were lost and you needed Jesus to find you. And then the third one is loss through rebellion. The prodigal son says, I'm going to do what I want to do. And he went to his dad, says, I don't care. I would rather have you dead because I want my inheritance. So just give it to me now and I'll go away. Blatant, harsh rebellion. Some of you got lost that way and you were lost for a long long time. Number three, God loves and pursues us all. God loves and pursues every single one of us. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some slow." In other words, why hasn't Jesus come back? He promised to come back. Why is not he come back? He's not slow in fulfilling the promise to come back, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish. He doesn't want anybody. And so he, he gives people chance after chance after chance because he loves every single person and he wants them to come into a relationship with himself but that all would come to repentance. God loves and pursues us all. And the picture and in some of the testimonies that you're going to hear are different ways that God pursued different people according to who they were and where they were and how they got lost. The shepherd pursues the lost sheep, leaves the 99 and he goes and and he, he doesn't give up until he finds that lost sheep. The woman sweeps and sweeps and sweeps Until finally she finds it. And then the father, we see, leaves the son until he's ready. But when he's ready, the father's waiting on the porch, watching, hoping, and I imagine praying for his son to come home. And as soon as he sees him, he runs to him. God loves and pursues us all. Number four, saying yes is the only way to be found. You can't earn it. You can't do enough. Sometimes I talk to people, say, you know, I just don't feel like I'm good enough to be, in well, the truth is you're not. <laughs> just face it. There's nothing you can do. You can't do enough to be good enough for God. God's God. He's holy. And one little lie is, is, will eliminates you from the ability to be in the holy presence of God. All we, all we can do is say yes. And so the, the shepherd pursues the sheep, and finally the sheep just stops running and allows the shepherd to pick it up. The coin sweeps and sweeps, gets picked up. The son, he just stops turning away, and in his emptiness, he turns to the father. He's, he doesn't deserve, but the father runs to him. And so all you have to do is say, yes, I will follow you. I will do what you want me to do. That's it. That's all any of us can ever do. Number five, all of heaven celebrates every fine. Amen. Now this, this is what is, is so marvelous and so wonderful and something that you don't hear a lot in religious circles. Because religion is trying to earn our way to God. Relationship is just accepting the fact that I can't earn my way to God, but God loves me anyway. And when I say yes... He throws me a party because he's so excited about, about, because he loves it. He's a loving heavenly father. And if you've ever had a broken relationship, you know the heart of God because his heart breaks for all the people who are lost, just like our heart breaks when we're separated from someone that we love. All of heaven celebrates. And I want to go back to these verses. So Luke 15, verses six and seven. And when the shepherd comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I found my lost, my sheep that was lost. Rejoice with me. I found him. But you had 99 that weren't, weren't, I don't know, it doesn't matter. I found the lost one. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven, more joy in heaven. Every time someone says yes, there's a party with the angels. That's not me. It's right there in scripture, right? Red letters even. (laughs) Jesus said that. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Verses 9 and 10. And when when the woman sweeps and she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there's joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then down uh, Luke 15, beginning with verse 20, second half of verse 20. His father saw him, so he's coming back, he's walking home. His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now I want you to imagine for a moment what this young man looked like. He had spent all of his money and riotous his living. He had nothing. He had no place to sleep. He was feeding pigs. Hey, anybody ever been around a pig farm? The boy stunk. Right? The boy smelled bad. It probably was, His clothes were probably tattered. He was probably filthy. And yet, here is the father who is a picture of who God is. No matter how dirty we are, no matter how sinful we've been, no matter what kind of mess we've made of our lives, no matter how, how, how much we stink, here's the father. He ran to him and embraced him, and he kissed him. He kissed this filthy, mud-caked face. Not because he deserved it, but because God is love and he pursues us. And he said, Father, he tried to say, Father, I don't deserve to be your son anymore. Just let me be one of your servants. And the father responded in verse 22, bring quickly the best robe. I'm going to clean you up. Because you can't clean yourself up. I'm going to clean you up. Bring the best robe. Put Put it on him and put a ring on his finger, which means he's restoring him to his place in the family. This is a family ring. Not a servant, but a son. And put shoes on his feet. Servants didn't wear shoes. Sons wore shoes. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For the son, the son, my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And all of heaven celebrates with them. In a moment, we're going to hear the testimonies of people who have come to Christ in a lot of different ways. And and then we're going to baptize them. We're going to get them wet. Because baptism, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted to give you just a reminder. Baptism is a declaration to Christ that we are following him. It's about saying yes. It's a declaration. So when I'm baptized, it doesn't save me. It's a declaration saying, Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. It's also a declaration to other Christ followers, to the family, that I am joining you. I'm becoming a part of the family of God together with you. It's also a declaration to the world, people who don't know Christ, that we have thrown our lot in with Christ. And in many parts of the world, you can begin to associate with Christians. You can even accept Christ as Savior, and and the rest of the, the village will be okay. But the moment you're baptized, you lose, you're, you're ostracized, you're excommunicated from your family, from the community, because baptism is a declaration that I've thrown my lot in with Christ. I've turned my back on the world and I'm turning my face and I'm, I will do whatever Christ wants me to do. And then finally, we've discovered in the last couple of years that it's also a declaration to the unseen demonic forces that they are doomed. In 1 Peter, we we read a couple of weeks ago that every time a person is baptized and lowered under the water, it represents, again, Jesus' death. And when they're brought up out of the water, it represents his resurrection. And it says to the demons, Satan and all of his forces, you're doomed because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And they don't like it. Which is why I say to those who are being baptized... This is a magnificent day. This is a wonderful day. This is a celebration day. And, and, the, and if you can just picture your loving Heavenly Father smiling at you, you'll have the right picture. But also understand, because you're declaring your allegiance to Him, be ready for the spiritual warfare that will come. Because when you get baptized, it's as if Satan paints a target on you and says... I'm going to do whatever I can to take them out. So just be ready for that too. And then as I was praying this morning, spending time with God, and I was praying for each one of the people that are going to be baptized, um, I I felt like the Spirit of God brought to my mind the faces of all all of you who are going to be baptized. And I thought, what a... What a diverse group this is! i mean we 've got somebody that's under ten, and then i 'm not i 'm not even going to say the age of the oldest ones we've got men and women we've got people who um, of of all different kinds of social and economic classes we 've got people who have in the, in the relationship with God, they've just kind of always known God was in. And we got other people who just turn their back on God and ran. We just got, and I thought, and I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, this is the face of the church. Mm-hmm. Just every, so many different people coming from different places and different ways. And what, and it just brought such delight to me. I'm going, God, you're, we really are in the middle of God doing something special and significant. And so I'm so glad you're here to be a part of this. Um, and so what we're going to do is I'm, I'm going to ask um, the first group of people, Vanessa, um, Jessica, Candace, and Greg, if you would just come closer so that you can come up onto the stage. When someone is baptized, I ask them to verbally express their commitment to Christ. Because... There's something that occurs, not just in this realm, but spiritually, when we verbalize our commitment to Christ. And so I've given them the option. So there's something that that happens within us, but also in the unseen realm, when we make that verbal commitment to Christ. Um, And it really is a part of that. So I've, I've said it could be as simple as I've decided to follow Christ, or just tell us why you want to be baptized or, or how you came to know Christ. Um, whatever you want to say. So um, it's good that we have food because I have no idea how long these people are going to talk. <laughs> and that's okay. All right. So, Lord, I, I just pray that you would take this time and that you would allow each one of these folks to say what you want them to say. That we could hear from you. And we can celebrate with you. In the name of Jesus, we just dedicate this time to you. Amen. All right, so we'll just go in the order. Vanessa, if you want to.
1: So my name is Vanessa, and um, I just wanted to share with you just a few things. So uh, I was baptized as a baby. I think most of us were. Um, But I was telling Pastor Herb that, I've always felt like I, I could always feel Christ in my heart throughout my life. Um, and I even made a song for him when I was little, and my dad actually recorded it. Sorry, I'm super nervous. Um, <laughs> so my dad recorded this song I made for Jesus, and um, he's a musician. And I'm still trying to find where that cassette tape is. <laughs> I've lost it. And I'm pretty sure when I get to heaven, God's going to be like, I have it.
2: <laughs> I
1: took it. It was for me. <laughs> and then also as a child, um, I, was, I had a huge fear of bugs. And I'm sure my husband could agree with that now even. Um, so anyway, I stayed with my aunt in Florida for a few days. And she had, she had a problem <laughs> with some bugs in her house. I mean, it's super hot there. She didn't have AC. And... Um, we there was roaches, and I, I'm just like, a, I can't, you know, deal with them, so I couldn't sleep. I stayed there for a few nights. I could not sleep at all. I thought for some reason, like, a roach would fall on me and attack me, but of course, like, we let our worries get the best of us. So she took me to her church that night, and she had the pastor-priest pray for me, and he said, okay, read Psalm 23, 24, 25, and I just want to tell you that I did not read those psalms because I was too busy sleeping. (laughs) So I ended up getting sleep, praise God. So throughout my life, you know, because of these certain, like, experiences, you know, I I believed in Christ. I accepted him as my Savior. You know, I've sinned. um, But I get emotional whenever I, um, I hear my favorite psalm, which is, not psalm, my favorite scripture, which is John 15, when Jesus says to us, um, you didn't choose me. I choose you. Amen. And I get emotional because it's just, wow, like the Son of God choosing me. Like, that's remarkable. Today, I choose him. And Amen. I love him. And um, I just want to keep that relationship because it works both ways, right? Right. So, yeah. no, thank you. Amen. Amen. Hi, my
3: name is Jessica Fitzgerald. And. Um, I was saved. Went back when I was five years old. My um, family went to a Bible-believing ch- church, and we had a thing called Good News Club, and they were preaching and teaching about hell, and the lake of fire, and how those that don't accept Jesus as their Savior from that will be there for eternity and I was devastated. And I remember just that night crying and just being so upset and my mom came into my room and she said we can pray and ask Jesus to come into your life and you will be saved. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so, we prayed and I felt such a peace then and I fell asleep and and then I grew up in the church, and but for some reason I never got baptized. I don't know why. And my mom passed away last year, so I can't really ask her. I watched people get saved, and I watched people get baptized, and I don't—I just don't know why I never did. But um, at age 13, we left that church, and we went. Um, we were fellowshipping with another group of believers, and they did not proclaim baptism, so um, I didn't get baptized then. Um, and I kind of rebelled. I'm the prodigal daughter. (laughs) I rebelled hard, and I left God and the church, Mm -hmm. and I did what was right in my own eyes, and um, there was such a hole in my life and a void, and it could not be filled with anything I put in there, even though I tried my hardest with just about everything, and um, it didn't work. So, um, but I always knew God was there. I could feel His presence, and I knew I was a child of God. I didn't care, <laughs> but I knew I was a child of God. So I, um, God found me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just one. He just opened my eyes. I was in a bad place, and He just reached down and opened my eyes, and I saw Him, and I realized I need Him. Yeah. I need Him. This yeah. and the void was filled up, and I was. Um, just so at peace with and just so amazed at god's um grace and mercy to to invite me back into his family after all that i had done and the sin that i had committed against him and he was so willing with open arms to receive me back to him and so um i started going to the, the chapel again and they didn't proclaim baptism um and i kind of got away from the word of god reading Um, the word of God and um, listening more to men and what they had to say about what the word of God has to say. So I didn't feel that that was right. So I left there and just started really reading the word of God. It's so important to read the word of God and not take man's interpretation Mm -hmm. of it and run with it. So um, I started studying specifically about baptism because it's one of the things I just pushed aside and I'll think about it later. I'll do it later, do it later. And um, So I was praying specifically about that and reading specifically about that, and I came to the conclusion that it is a proclamation of what Christ has done for us. He has died, and he was buried, and he is risen. He has conquered death, yep. and I want to proclaim that. I Amen. love the Lord, and I'm so grateful for what he has done for me. Amen. So praise the Lord.
0: Amen.
4: okay i did not plan on this so i have nothing prepared but um i guess uh so when i was little i did definitely love jesus and i prayed and i have like prayers that i have written down and little notebooks and stuff but um for a period of time i did fall away and um a lot of stuff happened in that time, but, um, about four years ago, I, you know, kind of felt, I had felt like I had nowhere else to go. And I was like, well, this Jesus guy, let's (laughs) try. So, um, I'm just so grateful that he was there for me. You know, he met me there when I turned to him Mm -hmm. and, um, I So four years ago, I accepted Him as my Savior and um, just have been on this beautiful journey with Him for the past four years. And I've been wanting to get baptized. Um, I've been convicted to get baptized to just proclaim my commitment to Him, to the world. Um, and I would pray, you know, every time I would be convicted about it, I would pray well, Lord, if you want me to get baptized, you send someone to baptize me. I don't know why I didn't seek it out. I was like, I just, you send someone. So um, I think it was a couple days uh, before I got the church email that um, Pastor Herb was doing baptisms. Uh, I prayed this prayer again, and then I got this email, and I was like, okay, guess this is when I'm, you know, I'm living in Iowa, so... And I just happened to be visiting during this week, and so it all—I was like, "Yeah, that,
5: that
4: makes sense." <laughs> um, so yeah, I just—I just, I just want to say that, like, I'm so grateful that I know Jesus and that He's my Savior. And thank you all for being witnesses to my commitment. <laughs>
0: Amen. Amen. As Candace is coming, it just gives me goosebumps and I'm in awe because I felt very strongly that we were to have a baptism today. Had no idea, and Annika, you know, told me before she wanted to be baptized at some point that she would just happen to be in town on vacation from Iowa. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God cares about us. Um, And it's just one of those facets, I'm going, God, you're in charge of this. I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. It's all God.
6: I'm Candace, obviously a part of the worship team. Um, I was baptized as a baby in the Catholic Church, and I grew up Catholic. And um, I always felt God's presence. I grew up in a family of faith, um, a family who loved God, very big family, my mom is one of 11. (laughs) And naturally, as you get older, you rebel, you drift away, Um, the Catholic Church specifically, we didn't focus on a lot of scripture, so I wasn't reading the Bible. I um, was basically just going to church, going through the motions, not really feeling this connection. But um, my my aunt, Aunt Diane, who passed away, um, she before she got very sick, she introduced everybody to Jesus Calling, and um, by Sarah Young. And it just opened my eyes to this relationship that I could have with God and just reading those devotionals. That was enough. I I didn't dive into the Bible yet, but it was enough to have just those devotionals each day, realizing that he actually cared every second of the day, what I was doing, (laughs) caring for me. And it made such a huge impact on me. Um, But uh, for a while, especially when COVID came, it was feeling like... I didn't know where to go next with my faith journey. And um, as most of you already know, New Song was a church I would drive by and I would see the sign outside and the message on the sign. thank you, Larry, as I learned that he's the sign guy. um, Every time I would be like, oh my gosh, that's just resonating so deep with me every time. And I would actually send the pictures to Greg. I would like take a picture and send to Greg. I'm like, they're on today. Um, And finally, (laughs) Um, when the new year came, i it, it wasn't even necessarily me. It was just feeling this strong, strong nudge to come to new song. Um, and I even dreamt about it. I dreamt about coming here. And that's when I was like, okay, God, I'm going to say yes now <laughs> instead of pushing you off. Um, so I ended up coming here and obviously fell in love the second we came in the door, um, feeling just a connection to all of you. And um, I know you said in the spiritual realm, you know, that you you've already known some and I feel like I found it like I found my people here. Um, And honestly, with the worship team, it was funny how that came about because um, I'm a trained singer. I did a lot of singing back in high school, very little in college, but I would get the worst stage fright before I would go on and sing solos. Like, so nervous, my voice would crack, I I was just shaking. Um, So as Greg knows, I really didn't do any singing unless it was with my kids in private, quietly. (laughs) Didn't really do much even singing in the shower. Um, So about a couple weeks in, Greg says to me, oh, when are you gonna get up there and start singing? Because he's thinking, Oh, she's not she's not going to. Anyways, and I said, "Well, when God creates an opportunity, I will." And uh, <laughs> I should That's a shouldn't, bad
0: thing to say. That's that a wrong. That's a bad
6: thing to say because 2 days later, I'm at the park with my friend Katie, and she's, you know, we're walking, talking, and she's like, "You know, by the way, like I'm going to be leaving worship team to teach Sunday school because we have the kids and, you know, they need this." And she's like, "We're going we're going to need a new person for worship team." And I was like, "Well, God. <laughs> it's my moment." And then she broke the news that I had to sing a solo to audition. So then I really was like, "How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this?" Um, and again, the Holy Spirit provided. You know, I came for that audition day, And um, I actually sang through the whole song, despite everybody kind of walking off, and they're they're like, oh, you're in, you're in, you're good. Um, Because really, it had been the first time in years since I had sang in front of anybody like that. Um, And I would say this baptism happened in much the same way. I am part of an online Bible study group run by Busy Gold. It's called Wild at Heart Bible Study. And the, I did a week of fasting leading up to your sermon um, on baptism. And actually, one of the, the lectures I watched that week was on the importance of baptism. And how it's really that missing piece, you know, above, you know, she was going through the steps of what you need to do to truly follow Jesus and truly die and leave your old self behind, no looking back, no nostalgia, but moving forward. And um, so at that point, I again said to God, well, God, if you'll create an opportunity for me, (laughs) um, that would be great. Otherwise, I'll check with my intel back there, Katie. And, uh, and see what's a scoop, because I hadn't heard anything about baptism here. So I was thinking, well, I don't know what they do about baptism. And literally, when we came Sunday, I'm, I'm looking at the um, handout, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's on baptism. And then not only is it on baptism, you're like, it's going to happen two weeks from now. And I'm like, well, God, I get it. I, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to say Yes. And um, I have to say, I'm really excited that my husband Greg is um, going to be joining me today because we weren't so sure. Um, but I just love all of you. Thank you, family and friends, for coming to to witness. And um, I'm ready for it. I'm excited. That's
2: great. Great. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> I'm Greg, I'm Candace's husband, Lincoln. <laughs> And Rosalind's dad. Um, so I <clears throat> was fortunate to be baptized as a baby uh, by my parents, and I'm thankful that they did that for me. They're here in the audience back there. Um, I was raised Presbyterian, um, had a good upbringing in the church, um, and then later became Catholic uh, after Candace and I got married. So you know, here I am today. So it's kind of kind of been a little bit of a journey. Um, and the reason why I'm doing this today is, you know, as the pastor has talked about, I think it's important to make a declaration of faith as an adult to follow Christ, you know, because as a baby, you don't have much say in it. I still think it's, you know, good to be baptized as a baby, but it's not the same as getting up here in front of everybody and, you know, taking yourself out your, outside of your comfort zone and, and sharing your story. Um, so, you know, I feel like in my life, God has always been at work. But, you know, I've been guilty of, um, you know, kind of relegating him to the background. You know, when when good things happened in my life, it's like, oh, I did that, you know, mm-hmm. good, good on me. And then, but, you know, really God's always been at work and I just, you know, have, have been missing it. So like everybody else talked about, I've uh, you know, I was somebody who, you know, college and post-college just kind of drift, drifted a, a little bit away from God. And, you know, one of the reasons why I'm here today is because, you know, I want that to change. I, um, you know, want to turn, turn to God and, you know, follow his will and, you know, be more in a relationship with him as he intended. So, you know, I guess part, part of my testimony here is, you know, the word I kept thinking of again and again was the word transform. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm hoping to be, to be transformed, you know, my heart, um, you know, my mind, my body, and my soul, um, you know, my, my goal is to, to grow more in a relationship with Jesus and our Heavenly Father. Um, you know, I, I, I'm somebody who needs to kind of surrender a bit more, I try to kind of do everything myself and put everything on on my shoulders. So, um, you know, through the church and, and men's group and things like that, I think one of the things that, you know, has struck me about New Song is just, it's a little church, but it really does a lot. And there's just a million ways to get involved in the church for, for a church its size, which is which is really a special thing. Um, you know, so, so one, of, one of my prayers, you know, through the baptism also is, you know, that the Lord cultivates in me more of a joyful heart, you know, to, to be more thankful for, you know, the blessings I, I have in my life. Because sometimes I can get distracted and, and worried and, you know, not, not focus on all the, the good that he's doing yeah, in my life. Um, so I was thinking, too, of, you know, the Bible verse from um, Galatians, you know, about the Holy Spirit producing you know, the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, and self control. Like, that's kind of the thing that I, I meditate on that, you know, is, is you know, one of the things that I, I hope comes out of a, a better relationship with God. Um, you know, and this time last year, I couldn't imagine being up here, you know, doing this. This is way outside my comfort zone. That's why I have notes here that I'm reading from. <laughs> Otherwise, I could just, you know, just black out and who knows what I'd say. Um, <laughs> So Candace kind of already thanked Larry. I wanted to thank Larry, too, for being the sign guy, you know, who put, put the words up there. Uh, he's probably back there researching signs, you know, <laughs> sayings. So because um, I, I guess that's God at work through, you know, other people. Um, mm-hmm. I want to thank Candace, too, for, you know, she's really kind of the the engine that, you know, drives, drives us forward. And if it wasn't for her, you know, we probably wouldn't have, have come to the church. So. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of it. That's, that's my story. And, um, you know, just, just looking forward to doing it.
0: Wonderful.
3: I'm a smart person. So go here.
0: hang on a second. Let me talk first. Okay. <laughs> so as I, as I was praying this morning and thinking, praying for all the people that are going to get baptized, my, my mind went to Nick. I love this church. Because this guy. Amen. Because of all God meets us where we are. And there are some people who claim to be churches of God who would not love this guy. And so Nick
3: In the Baptist Belfair I'm not gonna be.
0: Yep. So Nick is, is a wonderful part of our congregation. And so when you ask to be baptized, I ask you, Do you love Jesus?
3: Yes
4: I do.
0: Are you committed to Jesus? Yes. You want to follow him?
4: Yes. Walk with him and talk with him.
0: That's right. And you pray. He prays. I pray and he, for Don too. And, yep. He Don needs it. You know he. So you need to pray for him.
4: And For my family. But his mom.
0: His mom told me he takes the CDs from Sunday, and he'll listen to them over and over again. That that tells me that there's a heart for God. Amen. And God. And so, we're proud of you.
4: I love my cousin, John Michael, too.
0: Yep, that's right. That's right. All right.
4: Thank you, Herb.
0: You're welcome.
5: Hi, I'm Debbie. I was baptized as an infant in the Catholic Church and went to Catholic school for eight years. But as I got older, there was always something about the Catholic Church that I didn't agree with. So I just stopped going. And then I had two huge losses in my life. And I blame God, even though I know that it wasn't his fault. Mm -hmm. And I just never went back to church. And it wasn't until a little over a year ago when I met my neighbor who goes here. And um, he asked me to start coming on Fridays, and I started. And And he can't come to church on Sunday right now because of work. So one day I'm like, I'm just going by myself. And I'm here, and I've been here, and I love it here. And um, I just feel at home. And I just, I want to get baptized and follow Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen. <laughs>
5: okay, hello,
7: I'm Ashley. I, um, I wanted to share with you a dream I had uh, going into yesterday morning, right before 5 AM. I dreamt. Um, of the woods and it was really dark. And there was a little girl in a ditch and she was deep in the ditch. And Jesus came through the woods and he was so tall and just so big. um, And he scooped that little girl up and he carried her in his arms through the dark, dark forest. And as he came through the forest, there was a yard with a beautiful home and a back light on, and the family and the people in the home were rejoicing. They were celebrating because the little girl was coming home. And I woke up and I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Like that's when I woke up when Jesus took that step into the yard with the little girl. And I'm like, "Wow, God!" Um, and that was that girl was me. Um, my life. Uh, Prior to 2017, when Christ saved me, it was really dark. Um, It was dark. I did. I was grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school, and as a little girl, I was a very, very faithful Catholic. I said the rosary with my grandma. I did all my prayers. I went to confession, Um, but I had. I. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. It was. I would just say my prayers over and over and I thought if I didn't do everything perfectly that God would be mad. So I ha- I had no knowledge of him and we didn't learn we didn't, they never taught from the Bible um, in the church and the school I went to. So and then I, you know, became a teenager and um in my 20s and and for many years my life just kept getting darker and darker it was very self-indulgent uh at one point i was into new age i mean it was it was just extremely sinful and it was horrible it was rebellious and um i remember sitting there and i felt like all the light was out of me i felt dark and um and that was the moment everything changed christ Christ saved me, and he brought me he brought me home. but I had always my whole life wanted a dad like I wanted a a father, a good father and so I would seek it in other ways and and um you know and I was rebellious uh because of it and there was a you know even a lot of self self hate there and um So self-destructive behavior, I should say. So one of the most amazing things God has taught me and what he's, he's given me everything, um, but he showed me what a real father is. And that, that has been everything to me. Um, To know that I can go to him with everything and he'll never reject me and I belong to him. I just, I love him so much. And today is such a huge day. And I'm just so thankful that, thank you. Um, I'm just so thankful that he saved me and that I belong to him. And I never, ever, ever want to walk in the darkness because it was so empty. It was so empty. So this is my commitment to do, to do what he's called me to do and, and just follow him with every fiber of my being, with my whole soul and just, just be with him.
0: Amen. <laughs> Michael Scott is, um, he and his mom have been coming since about Easter time. And he contacted me this morning. He's, having, he's going through a time with some medical issues. And so contacted me this morning, said he's been sick for, I, I, I think, the last three days and just not even able to leave the house. And, um, so he wanted so much to be baptized, and but just said he couldn't make it. So I thought we'd pause and pray specifically for him. Lord, we put Michael into your hands you know all that's going on in his body. Put your arms around him in these moments. Let him know that you love him. Well, we also pray for healing. God, that you would reach into his physical body and bring healing to himself. At the same time, Lord, we rejoice in the way that you have brought him to yourself over the last few months and how he sees you so active. And so we just pray that you would touch him and bring him back. Um, and we look forward to when he'll be up here sometime in the near future. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, our next one, we got a little bit out of order. Where's Daniel at? Daniel, come on up.
2: So, um...
0: Let me raise it so you don't have to lean. Okay. There you go.
4: So, um, I want to get baptized because I... Decided to follow God, so I want to tell him by getting baptized.
0: Yep, hold, it. hold on, hold on. So Daniel and I have been talking over the last couple of weeks, and we talked about baptism, and talked very very plainly about what baptism is about, and, and he wasn't sure that he wanted to get baptized, and then God just really reached into his life, gave him a good picture, um, and told him he was ready. So at eight years old, this young man, and I, I asked him several times, are you willing to do whatever Jesus tells you to do? And what did you say? Yes. Yes. So give him a round of applause. So generally, these are the kinds of testimonies that we have. But Chris White is, she has a testimony that, that is longer, and, and we've talked it through, and I believe that it is, not only her voicing her commitment to Christ, but a picture of who God is and how God works in people that struggle and, and a lesson for us that we never know. The seeds that are being planted, when they will blossom, and we, it, we can never give up on anybody. And so having said that, I've, I've agreed to let her have a... A longer <laughs> testimony, and uh, just to make it easier, Honorable, we'll, okay. do you want to have that in the there, or do you want to hold it? I
8: don't know yet. Okay.
0: <laughs> you have to get close enough for it to pick you up, though. Okay.
8: I just can't okay. Get out my stuff. Heavenly Father, you know, and these people know that when I've gotten up on this stage before. It was always messed up. Please take away the nerves and the fears and make this be about you because it is your time. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Um, It is lengthy. And I mentioned to Jane that it was lengthy and she said, I'll bring popcorn. So after the service, there's popcorn. Prior to New Song, I was unchurched, uh, total blank slate. I was not raised in a church-going family, not even a God-fearing family. I can only recall a handful of times.
0: This needs to be really close. <laughs> really? It, yeah, because it'll it'll feedback. Necessary? Yes, <laughs> it is. All right.
8: Um, not even a God-fearing family. I can only recall a handful of times of any religious discussion at all. And they centered around, when you die, you get buried in the ground and that's it. You are no more. Hell was something you experienced here on Earth in troubling times, and life was just about getting through it. I was taught that the Bible was a collection of stories with good morals, nothing nothing more. No regular reading of it, no possession of one even. There was no parental instruction to endeavor to live Christ-like. Mom would have no idea what that even meant. When I got a little older, the only time I ever prayed was when I heard an ambulance siren, a quick two-second prayer. Dad and everyone on Dad's side of the family were out of the picture. He left home when I was 11. He didn't ever want children, definitely didn't want a relationship. It left a gaping hole and an enormous craving to be hugged by him. Mom was an only child, so I had no aunts or uncles around, no exposure to any other adult to influence me, teach me, etc., until Dorsey. Dorsey was a coworker at my first job out of high school. She was the first person who tangibly gave love to me, unconditional love. I was 17, very sheltered and very introverted. She would suggest that I seek a church singles group. No way. <laughs> because of my parents' divorce, mom raised me with a bias towards men, the real bad people can't be trusted, not even my brother, who was only three years older than me. No wonder dating life was virtually non existent. But at 27, I entered a relationship with a guy from Ohio. I wanted his love so badly, I chased after him and moved there. He said all the right things, just didn't have the actions to back them up. Wanted to teach and educate me about everything. Especially God and Jesus really pushed me to accept Christ and be baptized and I wanted to make him happy so the day before we married I accepted Christ not had no clue what it was about uh, didn't mean anything came to find out years later only after I started coming here that his view of God and Christ were quite distorted also came to find out years later that he was a narcissistic psychopath and I'm not kidding. It's true. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I endured 12 years of a really bad, controlling, abusive relationship and then finally had the strength to move back to the Pittsburgh in 2008. After two additional years of hell, my divorce ended December 2010. It didn't mean he was out of my life yet, just on paper. I shared all of that yuckiness so that you can truly understand how much God has worked in my life after that. Just a few weeks later, in January 2011, I sent up my very first prayer. I say sent up because I truly envisioned an antenna going from me in my bed to the mystical heavens above, transmitting a signal like radio waves. I wanted him to find it, find me. I asked for him to send me someone that I could trust and lean on, someone to share my life with. Didn't care if it was male or female, young or old. I had no conditions. I was just so very lonely and had been for many years. A few days later, oh gosh, I'm really shaken now. Okay, Um, (laughs) a few days later, while flipping through channels to watch on TV, I flicked right past someone saying, like, tune in like a radio dial, adjust for volume and clarity. Whoa, had to go back to hear that Channel 7 Bethel Park TV television again. Pastor Herb was on the screen because new song sermons were taped and aired each week.
0: I didn't know that's how you ran it. Really? Wow.
8: God and I synced up using my antenna and Herb's radio dial. LAUGHTER but if I pursue this at all it means I'm attending a church service not my cup of tea (laughs) Um, later that night when I got out of bed because I couldn't sleep I looked out my second story bedroom window onto the parking lot it had snowed and hand to God I saw tire tracks in the perfect shape of two hearts no other tracks leading into them just two hearts I felt strongly that it was a sign of encouragement from my friend Dorsey. She had passed a few years prior, and I'm convinced is an angel among us now. God and I connected through his angel, my friend Dorsey. (laughs) I walked through the front doors of New Song Church on January 23rd, 2011, and oh, how my life changed. (laughs) Greeted at the door with a hug from a stranger. No. Greeted at the door with a hug from a stranger. (laughs) (laughs) Made my way back here, and several people approached, introduced, and welcomed me. After I left that day, I realized I found people like me. Uh, Finally found a family who could give and receive love. I felt lighter in my step, and just lighter inside in general. For eight months or so, I was on a high like no other. Lost weight without even trying. (sighs) Leaving with Ginger one time, she said, that's because I was finally living. Ginger, where are you? Okay, thank you. (laughs) Um, We were leaving the church and she said, that's because you're finally living. I knew what I was hearing and learning here was truth. I kept being told that God was working in my life. One time when Tom Farley and Wendy Scott said it, I asked them, why do you say that? How do you know? They answered, because you're here. (laughs) 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 What does that mean? (laughs) I had no understanding of anything, no frame of reference, but they were right. God was working in my life. Even the lingo was new and foreign. Ministry, Advent, Repent, Sovereignty, Pentecost. Surrender. Plumline. Went to dinner with Liz Gruber a year, or so. A year, no, went to dinner with Liz Gruber a year or so before she became Liz Schaefer. She su- suggested I pick up a devotional. Shook my head yes in agreement, and then after a second or two, looked at her and asked, "What's a devotional?" <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to soak up as much as I could, like a sponge. People might have thought I was showing a thirst for God, but it really was a search. It was a thirst for love. I attended anything and everything being offered. Oh, I have dry mouth, like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> the classes here at Newsong primarily. <laughs> uh, the pro... Thank you. Sorry. Never mind, Just Um, let
0: me know when you need it. I'll be here. Okay.
8: (laughs) (laughs) The classes here at New Song primarily focused on outreach. You had just finished up Walk Across the Room and moved on to the Way of the Master videos with Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort. What an odd experience for me to be in that room. On one hand, God was developing a heart to reach outwardly and seek the lost. On the other hand, I was the lost. What a paradox. A class about discerning my spiritual gift, taught by Russ and Susan, revealed that I have a heart to encourage, and EJ's was to share his faith. I gave him a note that if he'd help me with my faith, maybe I could provide some encouragement. The Henry Blackaby speaking event was that same evening in Washington, PA. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't signed up for it, I just showed up in the, par- in the parking lot. And when Herb came out the door that day, he saw me and didn't expect me and unintentionally blurted out, you keep showing up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, whatever it takes. (laughs) That zest for life caught EJ's attention. We hit off right from the start. I had no vibes or inkling of a bad, hurtful man. Actually, just the opposite. Felt at ease and trustworthy right away. God answered my prayer and sent E.J. Ravitsky to share my life with me. And he sent me to be there for E.J. too. Incredible blessings, I like to call them baby miracles, kept crossing my path. I took a day trip to a museum in Philadelphia that was hosting an exhibit of paintings of Jesus. I remember the wonder and astonishment I experienced when I saw the painting referenced Doubting Thomas. I had no idea that phrase, that man, came from the Bible. What if you learned? He won't eat it. He eats everything. Hey, Mikey! He likes it! came from the Bible. You would be astonished, too. It rocks your world. (laughs) Barb Lauren invited me to attend a play at Impact Church in Moon Township. It's the first time I ever heard the story. I imagine the people on stage can spot an unchurched person in the audience right away because I had a look of sheer and terror on my face. Had to go back and see it again that night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an impact it made. So much so that I felt very drawn to being in the Passion Play a few years later. Again, I was becoming increasingly aware that God put it on my heart to reach out to other unchurched people, and he began to equip me. Trips to, work. trips to work in Manesson in the morning on Route 43 South became a very special time. They were just beautiful. The sun's rays filtering through the clouds, affirming my morning drive with God. No conversation yet, just being in His presence, a peace that surpasses all understanding. When i get to work, there was always a morning greeting from the president and CEO of the bank, Pat O'Brien. He'd be starting his day reading the Bible at his desk, never ashamed or embarrassed of it. Quite the opposite, in fact. Readily offered to sit with me if I had any questions or needed to pray. God continued to open doors to several good and faithful servants. I met with Pastor Herb a few times and was blown away by how astutely he listened and how quickly he believed me. I had some outrageous stuff coming out of my mouth. Never made me feel small for knowing so little and always willing to help in any way he could. I started therapy with Steve, water. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, perfect. (laughs) I started therapy with Steve Luther, the Christian counselor who founded Grace Wellness Counseling Center. He continues to be an extremely good mentor and friend. Sometimes he will catch me up on home life and share some stories about his 13, 13 kids. Little does he know, those stories do far more for my healing than psychotherapy ever could. They're good fathers, all three of them, Pat, Herb, and Steve. It's absolutely crucial for an unchurched, daddy daughter to see that quality in other men. Observing the relationship they have with their kids forms a bridge to understanding the concept that God is our Heavenly Father who loves us. Otherwise, you just don't believe it because you never saw it, you never felt it. One of those times with Herb, something popped out of my mouth about how I craved a feeling of being hugged by my father. Point blank, he asked me, why couldn't I ask for a hug from another father? Oh, come on. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) But my goodness, the thought took hold, and God made it happen. Herb, Pat, and Steve gave me a group hug in the back of New Song that was so healing, so transforming. I no longer have a hole in that area. Anytime I want to feel safe, loved, valued, like a little child, all I have to do is recall their arms around me. Not all supernatural incidences are wonderful experiences. There are no promises of that in the Bible. But God does promise to use all circumstances for good. Tuesday, April 19th, 2011. Shortly after 10 p.m., I was driving home from a bowling event at the Meadows in Washington, PA, traveling north on Route 19. Construction was being done on a bridge right at the Route 519 interchange where you can either go to Cannonsburg Hospital or 84 PA. Me and a van in front of me were about to enter were about to enter orange barrels that had narrowed the path down to one lane. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a car appeared behind me, seemed to be going 100 miles per hour and ultimately proven to be just that in court. Very narrowly missed me in the van in front of me, but the driver lost control and the car rolled over and over an incredible amount of times. The passenger, Nathan Singo, 17 years old, lost his life that night. Blunt force trauma, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and had been ejected from the car. Just a few days later, no, a few days prior, sorry, the week of April 11th, Pastor Herb and I had one of those discussions where I stated that I didn't understand Jesus dying on the cross for us, the sacrifice he made, or why he made it. Herb very openly accepted my point of view and didn't push back, yet when the meeting was over, he prayed and asked God to show me some kind of tangible evidence of Jesus. God used the circumstances of that car accident. Not that Nathan died in my place, but I finally understood, both in the heart and in the mind, the concept of someone else dying all the while you were being loved. The accident churned inside and brought angst for several months. Every Friday morning, I'd passed that, pl- pl- pass that area as I drove to work and I saw the crushed orange barrel on the side of the road. Eventually talked about it with Ginger Rogers and for some reason felt it necessary that we go to that location, say a prayer, and try to bring closure. So five months later, after the accident, on the evening of September 22nd, we did just that. Love you, Ginger, for being such a wild and crazy gal. But our story gets even more interesting. You see, I also had been in the midst of drafting a letter to Nathan's parents. Pastor Michael Singo and his wife, Tammy, lead a congregation of Living Waters Church of God in Washington. My plan was to drive the letter to the church one morning before going into work. Although God put it on my heart to write the letter, I wasn't sure that I had heard him right. thought I might be dredging up feelings of distraught for them, just as they were maybe turning a corner in their healing. Nonetheless, the morning after Ginger and I prayed at the site, I was on my way to Pastor Singo's church, still experiencing lots of doubt that I was doing the right thing. My phone rang and it was Ginger. Now we have never talked on the phone before that incident and we've never talked since that incident on the phone. So I knew that it was important and that I thought maybe something was wrong. I don't think she knew anything about the letter, (laughs) but she had to tell me what was found on the printer when she got home about 9.30 the night before. Her son, Ken, had printed out the article that appeared in the Tribune Review way back on April 21st. Something about a conversation that she and Ken had regarding car accidents, helicopters, and life flights to hospitals. I don't remember what she even said, or I couldn't, I didn't even hear what she said. I was sobbing so loudly in my car. At the height of my angst, driving to the church, not knowing whether I should leave this letter or not, God gave me a sign through Ken and Ginger. Now, if that's not supernatural, I don't know what is. (laughs) Corey Timbune says it very well, God's plan is like a beautiful tapestry, and the tragedy of being human is that we only get to see it from the back with all the ragged threads and the muddy colors, and we only get a hint at the true beauty that would be revealed if we could see the whole pattern on the other side, as God does. (sighs) In the summer of 2011, Members of New Song traveled to Columbus and attended a Women of Faith conference. And of course, I went along. Susan Katriebe always made sure I never felt alone or out of place. She's been a very good friend who has walked alongside me every step of the way. But it was the second day of this conference in an arena filled with 30,000 Christian women where I started to hear an inner voice of what am I doing here? I don't believe in half the stuff these ladies do. I'm not a Christian, ignored and stuffed the thoughts down deep. I love these people. I love this family. I see so much joy here on Sunday mornings. At the same time, I hadn't healed from wounds of prior relationships yet. There hadn't been many relationships, but the ones I had were very harmful and unhealthy. Because my ex had told lies about me to all the people I knew in Ohio, and even convinced some to appear at court hearings as character witnesses against me, I really disliked it when people talked about me behind my back. Mm -hmm. I was on high alert and heightened sensitivity 24-7, to the point of being paranoid. Except paranoia is based on a myth, an erroneous belief. This had been real. It drove some wedges into relationships here at Newsong. I apologize, Herb, Jeff, Russ, and EJ, and Steve. If people gave me attention or some small amount of love, I had a fight-or-flight reaction. It's not my nature to fight, so I fled over and over again, and all of you know that. <laughs> I didn't like it when people prayed for me because attention or love equaled hurt. And it's really, really hard to be open to receiving love from God when you know it's going to hurt. made it impossible for me to even entertain the thought of trusting or accepting Christ. Slowly, over the next several months, years even, the negative inner voice, the inner turmoil, worked in me. Quiet at first, but grew louder and louder with each passing week. Eventually, I had to face the truth. I don't believe in the same things you all do. I'm not a Christian. I haven't accepted Christ and I'm far from it. I do want your love and the love of family so very, very much. But, but just by coming here, I'm misleading all of you. Because of lessons learned from my marriage, I have come to realize that honesty and integrity are two of the most sacred values a person can have. Finally came to the realization that I don't belong here. Decided to leave New Song again but Joanne Wilson needed transportation for Sunday worship. As much as I tried, she would not come early. And, um, and because she had trouble with balance issues, I felt like I needed to walk her all the way in and to her seat. I mistakenly felt like I was the only one who could make her the coffee just the way she liked it, with, with, which was this much hot water and just a little touch of coffee. <laughs> I morphed into the absolute rudest person I've ever been, repeatedly walking or running out of here while you all were trying to focus on worshiping him. I apologized tremendously. I finally told her that I couldn't drive her here anymore, and I disappeared from New Song, period. But God meets you where you're at. (laughs) He worked and worked and worked on me. I was indifferent, obstinate, and raised the wall. He diligently pursued, and not always in a loving way. There were drop kicks, punches in the gut, and hits over the head. But they were necessary, amen? (laughs) He patiently waited, gave me time to cleanse the wounds at my own speed, no pushing. And then he healed them, very softly and kindly. I can accept love now. And even better, I can accept his love now. After three or four times of trying and getting it wrong, I finally accepted Christ as my Savior on May 23rd. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 3 to 8. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. That was me. I sprang up quickly in Christ's love, but there was no soil to plant my roots in. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. I so hope that's me now. Almost done. (laughs) doesn't mean that I still don't get triggered and want to flee at someone's overt act of kindness or love, but when it comes to new songers, I now know better. Look at me. (laughs) I would not be here today if it weren't for all of you. Thank you, Denise Stifler, Ginger Rogers, and Susan Katrieb for the kind, thoughtful gifts over the years. Thank you to the men of new song for being such good fathers. Thank you to the small group meetings at Sharon and George Ulrich's house. Thank you, Joanne Wilson, for being so full of life and love for God. Thank you, Barb Lauren, for inviting me to the play. Thank you, Russ and Deb Evans, for extending God's light to me and my mother. Thank you, Susan Catree, for walking, talking, and praying. Thank you, Pastor Herb, for always, always being there with total acceptance, with total acceptance and no judgment. <laughs> exhibiting unconditional love. Thank you EJ for sharing your faith, friendship and life with me. Thank you Steve Luther for being meeting me where I was and walking alongside me all those years. Thank you Pat O'Brien for being a good friend who watches over me. Thank you all for your acceptance, your smiling faces, your warm embraces and prayers. Thank you, God, for continuing to welcome me with open arms and forgiving my transgressions. Bible Gateway has interpreted Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 to 4 like this. I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Today's baptism will do just that. Peace and love to all of you. Amen.
0: We want to be people of Jesus. We can never give up on people. Amen. You know, I can't tell you how many times people would say, where's Chris? And, and I, I always knew that God was pursuing her. And we never know. We never we don't, One of the things I love about these testimonies is we don't, we don't know the story that's happening behind. That's why we just have to love unconditionally. No matter what. Because we never know. Never know what might happen. What might happen? And so we celebrate with Christ. We celebrate with everybody. From the littlest to those of you that are old like me. We celebrate. I wondered if there might be people here that just want to make sure they have a relationship. So why don't you just bow your heads for a moment. And if as these people were talking or maybe as it was was talking about the lost parables. um, You sense God poking at your heart saying, don't you want that? Don't you want that? And it really is, as I talked before, it's as simple as saying yes. I will turn away from anything else in order to follow Christ. And so if, if that's what you'd like and... Maybe you've done it, but you're not on track with God, or maybe you've never done it. Um, I invite you just in the quietness of your heart to, to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm not in relationship with you. And I confess my sin. I want to turn to you And so I ask you to forgive me of my sin and make me clean before you. I want to be your child and I commit to following you. So I surrender my life to you and I accept your love And now, Lord Jesus, take me in your arms and make me your child. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for the people who voice that prayer and ask that you would, by your Spirit, affirm in the depths of their souls that they now belong to you. Pray that you would Give them your spirit, strength, and peace, and joy, and love, and and all that you are, and give them the ability to follow you. Lord, we celebrate with each one of these people, and and with all that you've done, and we're just so grateful that we can be a part of it with one another. So thank you for your presence. We we pray that we brought delight to you today. Now as we we go to the baptismal time. That God, your spirit would, would be there drawing us into your presence. And there will be a party. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.